Chicago Blackhawks had their three-game winning streak snapped over the weekend thanks to a putrid first period against Seattle. I'll break that game down, and I'll also talk about prospect Lucas Reichel getting reassigned to the Rockford IceHogs. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. To the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Monday, January 16th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well, which I always greatly appreciate. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcasts. Also, for those of you who may not know yet, your boy over here will be giving away two free Blackhawks tickets to a game sometime here in the second half of the season. All you have to do in order to qualify, first, you have to go and leave me a review either on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Bonus points if you go and leave me a five-star review. And the second thing you need to do also is you need to make sure to drop the name of your YouTube channel in that review as well. Because the second thing you got to do in order to qualify is you have to be subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. So if I go and see your review, I choose you to be the winner, but then you're not subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube, I'm going to go ahead and choose another winner. You got to do both in order to win the two free tickets. So make sure to go do all of that. Also, every episode from here on out is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube, folks. So if you haven't subscribed to the channel already, what are you doing? It only takes two seconds. It's also 100% for free, and it really does help me out tremendously. And while you're there, make sure to smash the like button down below on today's video. And last, go and ring that bell. Turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your week. And what a week it is going to be, folks, right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. We have lots of awesome and fun things coming up in the next several days, such as my midseason grades for each and every Blackhawks player now that we've hit the midway point of the season. I will also be releasing my midseason prospect rankings, which I have done each of the past two years now. And I'm really excited to talk about how a bunch of Blackhawks prospects have been doing so far this year. Then I will also be having Charlie Rumeliotis from NBC Sports Chicago on the show to talk everything Blackhawks as we're now into the second half and start inching closer to the trade deadline. Jonathan Taves also just had an interview with NBC Sports Chicago that I will be breaking down right here live on the show. And I'm also hoping to have another Blackhawks beat right around the podcast either sometime early next week or at least sometime in the near future. And it's someone that I have yet to have on the show too. And I know you all would be really excited for this one. So yeah, big things coming here on Lockdown Blackhawks this week. Make sure to stay tuned because we have a lot of good stuff coming right here on the show. But to open things up 
on the show today, folks. The Blackhawks had one game over the weekend, which came on Saturday night against the red-hot Seattle Kraken. But before I dive into that, I want to talk first about the more important news that stemmed from over the weekend, which was the Blackhawks' decision to send Lucas Reichel back to the Rockford Ice Hogs of the AHL. With Patrick Kane coming off of injured reserve and returning to the lineup, the Blackhawks elected to send Reichel back down, even though he absolutely looked the part in his three-game stint, scoring his first NHL goal, uh, picking up a three-point game to lead the Blackhawks to victory in overtime over the Calgary Flames. I thought he did his part. Excuse me, hiccups are already getting to me. thought he did his part each and every night up on the top line. Uh, and, you know, even the coaching staff, Luke Richardson, kind of seemed pretty convinced that Reichel was here to stay potentially. And we've also heard the Blackhawks front office say, you know, that once he's up in the NHL, he's here to stay. But uh, looks like this was just another temporary stint here for Reichel. I'm going to talk about why I personally don't love this decision, but also why I am okay with it in the long run. First and foremost, I think this is the most important part to consider. Lucas Reichel was clearly making the Blackhawks better. He was helping the Blackhawks win. And without Patrick Kane on the ice, I think we can all agree he looked like the best Blackhawks player, particularly in those first two games against Arizona and against Calgary. He was buzzing all over the ice, creating chances seemingly every shift with his speed and vision. I also loved how confident he was with the puck as well. I think that was probably the biggest difference in his first couple of stints is how composed he was with the puck on his stick and how confident he looked in his skill set. But there's no denying that he was helping the Blackhawks win. And at the end of the day, we don't want to be doing too much of that down the stretch of the season. You can't forget the whole point of this year after all. So that's obviously a a big part to consider. Three games with Lucas Reichel in the lineup, three wins for the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, the, The second part is I've touched on this numerous times throughout the course of the year, but the Blackhawks front office obviously value what they have going on down in Rockford right now. Maybe a little bit too much, as I've said before, but there is some merit behind that thought process. With the team doing very well, it's a a tight-knit bunch. They're establishing a lot of chemistry with one another, and realistically, that's the group that's going to be the future of the Blackhawks. There aren't many guys on this NHL roster right now who are still going to be around in, hell, two to three years' time. A lot of the future pieces right now are down in Rockford, and they're actually playing some meaningful hockey down there, playing in meaningful situations, must-win games, late stretches into a game where, you know, you got to finish strong, you got to focus on closing out a game. Um, I, I think there is something to be said about getting that experience, even if it is in the AHL, before advancing to the next level. And You know, I know the Blackhawks haven't done a very good job of developing prospects in Rockford and leading them to be successful players with the Blackhawks up in the NHL. But if you go back to the glory days of the Blackhawks, a lot of guys went this route. I mean, Duncan Keith, Brent Seabrook, Nicholas Jalmerson, Brian Bickle, Dave Boland. The list goes on. And Troy Brower, I believe, was another guy who was down in Rockford. Corey Crawford was down in Rockford seemingly forever. So there definitely is some value in keeping those guys down there 
playing meaningful hockey on a good team with a bunch that you want getting really close with one another for the future. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, and if Lucas Reichel was to be up here with the Blackhawks, yes, that is NHL experience, and there's no denying how valuable that is. But at the same time, do you really want Lucas Reichel around here for all the losses that the Blackhawks are going to suffer in the second half, especially when they start trading some of these guys away and the roster gets even thinner than it is right now? Losses are surely going to come for this Blackhawks team in the final 20, 25 games of the season, whatever it may be. Do you really want Lucas Reichel going through all of that? I don't know. So there is some value, I think, for Reichel being in those situations down in Rockford and and being the man there. I just don't think it can hurt his development at this point. When the kid's only 20 years old, it's still just his second season over here in North America. I just don't think it can hurt his development and letting him be the head honcho on that Rockford Ice Hawks team. You know, he's going to be the head honcho for this Blackhawks squad moving forward the next handful of years the team is hopeful for. He's They're hoping he's going to be a big part of that. So kind of having him be the leader on the ice down in Rockford right now, I do completely understand it. So, well, yes, it does definitely suck that our baby Lucas Reichel has already come and gone. Um, and I know he could be quite a fun watch up in the NHL and could make things a lot easier uh, as, a, as a fan here for the second half. Um, I do understand this decision to send Reichel back to the AHL where they clearly have been valuing that more so than what's going on in the NHL this season. As for whether or not Reichel will be back up in the NHL this year, you know, this is just me kind of taking a stab at it from an outsider perspective, but it it just doesn't really seem like it. Maybe they'll give him some games again towards the end of the year when the roster is really thin and he could be the man up on the top line, but I do think they want him leading the charge for Rockford as they start to gear up for the Calder Cup playoffs. Um, That's, you know, why they sent him back down. So maybe there's a spot stint for Reichel in the final, you know, 10 games or something for the Blackhawks just to give him some NHL action. But once, you know, the meaningful hockey starts for Rockford and it kind of already has, maybe there's a scenario where they clinch and they don't need him for a week or two. Uh, I don't know, but more likely than not, it just feels like Reichel is going to remain with Rockford for the long term here. That's just the way I look at it. Um, But it it does appear that Reichel, from the moves the Blackhawks have made, and, you know, the coaching staff feels like he's going to be ready. The front office has kind of taken over. And based on their game plans, how they've handled things so far this season, uh, it appears that Reichel will be down with the Piggies for the greater portion of the rest of this year. All right, there are my thoughts on Lucas Reichel getting reassigned to the Rockford Icehogs over the weekend. Coming up in just a moment, I will break down the Blackhawks' putrid first period against Seattle en route to a 8-5 loss at the United Center. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all pro and college sports betting needs this season. You can find all of the latest developments game matchups, news, and even podcasts on whatever game you want to place a wager on. And BetOnline is also your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and game scores. And I personally love it because, well, first off, it's both the fastest and the easiest way to place a wager down. And second, they literally have everything from the NHL, the NBA, college basketball, UFC, MMA, boxing, and they even have golf. 
They really have everything. So head on over to the website today, or you can also use your mobile device right now to learn about all of the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, just wanted to say thank you again to everyone for making the show your first listen here to start off your week. Now, for your second listen, make sure you go and check out a very relevant podcast for us Blackhawks fans, which is Lockdown NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the 2023 NHL draft. Plus, you can also get NHL draft rankings and top prospect comparisons for every single team. So make sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL Prospects. It's available on YouTube, this app, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, segment two, let's talk for a few moments about the Blackhawks' 8-5 to loss to the Seattle Kraken over the weekend, putting an end to their three-game winning streak. Or Patrick Kane comes back after his absence. The Blackhawks win every single game that he's gone. He returns, and the Blackhawks are right back to their losing ways. And things really couldn't have gone worse for the Blackhawks, honestly, in the opening 20 minutes. I couldn't believe my eyes. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Uh, They fell behind 1-0 early. Daniel Sprong scored a beauty just two minutes in. But the Hawks did a really good job responding. Jonathan Taves got a fortunate bounce off a defender's stick for his 12th goal of the season. But after that, as Harry Carey would say, holy cow, the Blackhawks just couldn't stop the bleeding and they couldn't get a save for the life of them. Peter Morazic, my oh my, Peter Morazic gave up four goals on five shots faced, becoming just the first goalie, uh, excuse me, becoming the first goalie since Brian Elliott in 2019 for Philadelphia to post a save percentage of 200 or less in a start. Peter Morazic stopped one of the five shots that he faced before getting pulled. But to be fair, even when Alex Stalock came, came into the game, he was clearly a little bit rusty. He's been dealing with that bad shrimp. Was good enough to serve as the backup for this one. Jackson Stauber was reassigned to the Rockford Ice Hogs as well. But I don't think the Blackhawks planned for Stalock to get into this game Unfortunately, they kind of had no choice there as Peter Morazic, you know, couldn't stop a beach ball at that point. But even when Stalock came in, he gave up goals on the first two shots that he faced. The Kraken in the first period had six goals with seven shots on net. Just an unbelievable start from the Blackhawks to get the tank right back on track, folks. Uh, And the sad part about it, too, was after being down Six to one in the final 40 minutes, the Blackhawks fought really hard the rest of the way. They outscored Seattle four to two in the final two periods. They were right there for, you know, most of the night in terms of kind of the overall gameplay and expected goals for and the deeper analytics. The numbers weren't nearly as lopsided as you would think in this type of defeat, but, you know, the damage had already been done in the first period. You can't give up six goals in the opening 20 minutes and expect this offense, the worst offense in the NHL, to be able to come back. I will give the Blackhawks credit. They you know, fought back really well and um, put up five goals, which for this offense is an absolutely explosive night. So I like to see the Blackhawks continue to fight hard. Unfortunately, <laughs> they gave up six goals on seven shots in the first period. and. Uh, That was all the damage right there. Very little chance of them coming back. 
But the good news is with the lost Blackhawks fans, they fall right back into dead last in the NHL standings, back in business, baby, back in first place in the Connor Bedard standings. It sucks watching this team lose. They go back to their losing ways. About as ugly. Texting me like, what am I watching? Uh, the good news for him was he took the over and it hit about 12 minutes into the game. So love to hear that from my boy out there. But truly an unbelievable stretch for the Blackhawks to kick off, kick off this game. And that really uh, put them in a hole to say the least the rest of the way. But in the loss, I do want to talk about a couple of players in particular that uh, maybe didn't get off to the best starts, but did still have quite the productive day. First off, got to say a huge congratulations to Isaac Phillips for picking up his first NHL goal. A beautiful backhander, top shelf past Martin Jones as well, scoring that first NHL goal in style, baby. You love to see it. A big shout out to Isaac Phillips. Kind of got off to a shoddy start. He was minus three in the opening 20 minutes. But I also thought he finished strong, and he now has three points in his last six games with that goal. So unfortunate that it came in the loss, but a cool moment there for number 41, Isaac Phillips. Another defenseman who had a good night, Seth Jones, has been racking up the points here as of late. And again, Ever since being put together with Jake McCabe, that top defensive pairing has been really solid for the Blackhawks. I like what I've seen out of each of those guys night in, night out. The frustrating part is a lot of Blackhawks fans are still associating Seth Jones and his play to how he was at the beginning of the season when he had um, 35-year-old Jack Johnson as his D partner. Yeah, that was never going to go well for Seth Jones and the Blackhawks. Sadly, I get tweets every day. What's Seth Jones' trade value? When are the Blackhawks trading Seth Jones? How about you stop building these narratives and you actually watch Blackhawks games? Because Seth Jones, in the past two, three weeks, the past month, he's definitely changed his mental state when the puck's on his stick. He knows he has to be more aggressive now. I thought his passing has been excellent. His transition play has been good. He still gets caught up in the rush a little bit too much at times. But I do think he is the one defenseman that the Blackhawks have, maybe other than his brother Caleb, that can drive play offensively. So I understand him being a little bit more aggressive in those situations. Defensively, I thought he's been solid, throwing his weight around. He's been good along the boards and has been making the simple plays. All in all, I just think Seth Jones has been playing a much cleaner and much simpler game in the past month or so. Do I blame Blackhawks fans for not watching this team? Absolutely not. But when you don't do that, you can't go and bash players when you don't know what's going on. Stop the bashing with Seth Jones. He's actually been really solid as of late. He had three assists in this loss for the Blackhawks. He now has six points in the last five games while averaging over 25 minutes a night. Jonathan Taves is another guy who had a really strong game. Two points showing for Taves, his 12th goal of the season. He picked up an assist and won 11 of 21 faceoffs. Uh, but the other guy I really want to talk about here for a second who matched Seth Jones with a three-point night was forward Taylor Radish, scoring his 12th goal of the season, which trails only Max Domi for the team lead. Domi's got 13 on the season, so Radish is right there. And that goal-scoring ability for Taylor Radish, I think that's certainly his best asset at this point. Um, but I also love the size and the physicality that he can provide on the forecheck. I like his forechecking ability too. It feels like he's one of the only prospects, or not prospects, one of the only players the Blackhawks 
have in the system right now who is an offensive-minded forward who has a big body, can be a net front presence, is good on the forecheck, and has some physicality. Like the, the Blackhawks just don't have a lot of size and skill at the forward position in their entire organization. And Taylor Radish, that combination for him, I think, is very, very valuable to this Blackhawks squad. And it sure looks like he could be a piece moving forward throughout this rebuild, somewhere probably in the middle six, I believe. I'm not going to rule out that he could be a second liner because he's been one of the best Blackhawks this season, too, kind of quietly. But on that second line, him and Tapes have been really solid together. They've been playing with one another for most of the season. I've liked what I've seen out of each of those two. So I've been really impressed with Taylor Radish, another big three-point night for him, despite the Blackhawks falling 8-5 to five to Seattle. All right, there are my thoughts on the Blackhawks winning streak coming to an end on Saturday. Coming up in just a minute, I still have to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product, which is something that I use every single morning because with just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. And this special blend of ingredients truly is tremendous. It supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and even your aging. And Athletic Greens was first created when the founder themselves experienced a ton of gut issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine in order to recover. And that used to cost them over $100 per day. But now, Athletic Greens has created both the affordable and the optimal nutrition routine that'll cost you less than $3 per day, which is such a cheap way to invest in both your health and your body. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D along with five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network right now. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, before I wrap up the show for today, folks, can't forget about our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, of course, where I answer a question from you, the listeners, right here live on Locked On Blackhawks. The first question I wanted to answer today comes from MJ Lincolnwood on Twitter, who asked, is it better to keep Domi for veteran presence than trading him away if Taves and Kane get traded? Yeah, I think there is an interesting situation that, that could happen if Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves both end up getting dealt at the deadline. Mags Domi, it feels like, is kind of the veteran guy that they would like to keep on moving forward in this rebuild. We've heard rumors recently that the Blackhawks have been very happy with Domi's play this season. And on the flip side, despite the Blackhawks losing a lot, Max Domi has been all smiles. He's really been enjoying himself here. And it kind of sounds like he's found a home here in Chicago. Now, I will say, if the Blackhawks are offered like a mid to high second round pick for Max Domi, I think they got to pull the trigger. At the end of the day, the rebuild is priority number one, getting more draft assets, draft capital, prospects, yada, yada, yada. That's the name of the game for the Chicago Blackhawks. So if they're offered a generous deal for Max Domi, I don't think there's any hesitation for them to pull that trigger. In fact, 
they could be having a conversation with Max saying, hey, you're going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. You can go and get traded somewhere else. Go on a Stanley Cup run. Go try and play some playoff hockey. We'll come back and we'll give you a pretty penny in the offseason. I, I wouldn't rule that out being a possibility for Max Domi. But if he doesn't get dealt, yeah, then I really do think he's going to sign an extension here with the Blackhawks. Heck, they might even overpay him a little bit purposely because if Taves and Kane are gone, that means they got to start thinking about the salary cap floor for next season. Max Domi's a guy who apparently they've been happy with and they could be willing to give a raise to here in the offseason to keep him around throughout this rebuild. So definitely something to think about. Um, now, again, I think the Blackhawks don't have any, you know, per, they don't have any ties to the point where they're not going to trade Domi regardless. Um, as I just mentioned, I think if they get a good deal, they're going to say yes. But it feels like out of all the players who are kind of in the mix of trade conversations, it feels like Mags Domi re-signing a deal is, you know, he's the only one who kind of has been getting that talk as of late. So I definitely could see that as a possibility if Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane wind up getting traded. And as you mentioned, MJ, you got to have some veterans around on the squad. It can't just all be young guys. So I think that's another reason why the Blackhawks kind of been open about giving Max Domi an extension possibly here in the offseason. Second question I wanted to answer today comes from Buzz Dryden on Instagram, a great name, by the way, who asked, how many games do the Blackhawks need to lose in the second half of the season to get to number one? What's the magic number? This is actually a really good question. So I'm going to go and pull up the old NHL standings on my phone. At the moment, through 41 games, the Chicago Blackhawks are 11-26-4 with 26 points on the season. That has them two points back of the Anaheim Ducks and the Columbus Blue Jackets right now. The Arizona Coyotes have been losing a lot, too, since they came into the United Center last Friday night, two Friday nights ago, excuse me. Um, They're now just five points ahead of the Chicago Blackhawks in the Connor Bedard standing. So things are heating up a little bit here. Hmm. So we're at exactly the midway point. 26 times 2 would be 52. Look at that great mental math that I have. Will 52 points get the job done? Man, that's going to be tough. I think 50 50 points. If you can finish with 50 or fewer points, the Blackhawks, I think that's going to lock them up as the number one. Um... I feel like both Columbus and Anaheim are going to win more than uh, 10 or 11 games here down the stretch of the season. So I feel like 50, 52 points, somewhere in that range is probably the magic number. It could even be a little bit more. I could see it getting up to like 55 or 56. Um, But I definitely don't think the Blackhawks want to hit the 60s. I think the 60s is where you start to push it a little bit and where some other teams could get into contention. So I think the 50-point margin would be the, the lucky number. If the Blackhawks can keep it between 50 and 55 points this season, I really do like their chances of uh, having the best odds to come away with number one pick in the 2023 NHL Draft Lottery. The last question I wanted to answer, where did I have it? I apologize. Here we go. Why is Seth Jones the Blackhawks All-Star? I got this from Craig H. on Twitter. Why is Seth Jones the Blackhawks All-Star? I already touched on this on the show not all that long ago. But 
real quick to resummarize what I've already said, someone had to do it for the Blackhawks. Each and every team will get at least one player uh, representing them at the NHL All-Star Game. And the Blackhawks, you know, there are a couple of guys it could have been. I think Jake McCabe with his play over the past couple of weeks is kind of really taking the spotlight. And obviously the guys over at CHGO, uh, CHGO Blackhawks have really been pumping the tires of Jake McCabe to get him in the all-star game, which I'm all for. Go and vote Jake McCabe either on Twitter or at NHL.com. He's probably the one guy who actually does deserve to be an all-star from this Blackhawks bunch. The other ones that come to mind, Patrick Kane putting up quiet numbers, but I don't even want to think about where the Blackhawks would be without him. Um, Alex Stalock is one that has kind of gotten some consideration from fans here recently. I don't know if he's been healthy enough or played in enough games to really be an all-star, but there's no denying that he's been really solid whenever he's been healthy this season. So my two picks would probably be, you know, Jake McCabe or Alex Stalock, I guess. But with Seth Jones, he's the big name guy of the Blackhawks. Um, playing 25 minutes a night on the top defensive pairing. He's been a four-time All-Star prior to this year. It kind of looks like it was just a little bit of a gimme selection. And Seth even said that himself when he was talking to the media. Now, to his credit, ever since he kind of was nominated to the All-Star game, he's been playing at a much higher caliber, I will say. But yeah, it was definitely a little bit shocking. Uh, The first half that Seth had wasn't the best until the past couple of weeks. But again, someone had to do it. Don't bat an eye over it. It's really not the end of the world. Truly, no Blackhawk really deserves to be an all-star this year other than Jake McCabe. Someone had to do it. The NHL decided that someone was defenseman Seth Jones. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, January 16th's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure to go and follow the show wherever you get your podcasts 100% for free right now and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen here to start off your week. Now for your second listen, make sure to go and check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with experts only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.